All right, guys, big episode of the Nordies podcast. We talk about some cool developments in the world of Nope and Knives Out. We talk about how Last of Us is the best show on TV. We break down the menu and our three watch heads to Blade Runner 2049. Here we go. And here we go, Nordy's Podcast. I'm Eric, and I am here with the one and only Jimmy Channels. How's it going? God, I'm so good, man. How are you, bro? Hey, I am great. It is a a new era of the Nordy's Podcast. Yeah, your brother Adam dubbed it the Attitude Era. The Attitude Era of I the Nordy's Podcast. So fuck you and fuck the world. Yeah, that's us right now. The Attitude Era of the Nordy's Podcast. Um, hopefully, you guys are all doing well. Um, it's a two-man show now. Uh, we're going to try to have a bunch of fun guests on. Uh, on our sports cast this week, my brother Adam came on. We talked all about the NFL playoffs, the Vikings, possible T-Wolves and wild trades, the big trades that the Twins are making in the Premier League. It was a super fun episode, so go check that out. And then we have a bunch of fun guests coming on over the next couple of weeks as well. So uh, make sure you guys tune in and uh, check out all the new fun on the Nordies podcast. Yeah, it, it is a new era. It feels good. Uh, we love Ryan. Uh, congrats. I, I said this last pod, he had a new baby girl. So we're very happy for him. Um, you know, train her up, get her listening to the Nordy's pod as soon as possible. <laughs> uh, we won't watch our swearing, but uh, we're happy for him. Yeah, we are. Congrats. All right. So before we dive into this episode, what are we drinking tonight? All right. So we are, you know, at Blackstack. We love Blackstack. This is called Full Disclosure. It is a double IPA. It's very soft. It's very hazy. It's just pretty much what they do best. Yeah, this is like right in their wheelhouse. It's a really good beer, though. It's a great beer. I think Blackstack is awesome. And it's a. Re- I was there a couple weeks ago. It's a great location. It's really cool, isn't it? They got a lot of plants and mismatched couches, and I don't know why, the, but that works for me. I just think like the couch, like recliner area with like the tables, it... It breaks up into like little rooms for everyone. I know. Even though it's just a giant space. So you it, feel like you're on that 70s show. Yes. Um, yeah. Just hanging out. <laughs> and then they got all the board games and then the board games are generally missing important pieces. But don't worry about that. Just play anyways. Just play anyways. So yeah. Um, great beer. Thanks for bringing that. Um, and before we dive into this episode, we need you guys to give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Nordy's Podcast. And also subscribe anywhere that you guys get your favorite podcast from. Get the Nordy's Podcast directly to your phone or your device each and every week for free. Hoorah. Hoorah. Attitude era. All right, here we go. Uh, do we care? I'm going to start us out. Nope 2 is in the works. It just won our Nordy. Thank God. For best movie. We loved this movie. Loved it. Um, Again, well, this will be kind of a theme of our episode. It's like a new genre that I kind of think he has. Um, maybe it's not new. But it's one that uh, he's kind of brought to the forefront. He's the master now. Of movie making. And it is um, horror with comedy mixed in, and, kind of. And generally socially conscious themes. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is great. I think it's these movies are pretty captivating. And Nope was definitely that. Um, obviously, as we picked it as our, our Nordy for best movie, um, he's never made a second of a movie. I know. He's never made a sequel, but I think his next movie is going to be Nope 2. So he believes in it like we believe in it, apparently. Yeah. And there's a lot to explore. I mean, I don't want to spoil anything about the first one, but it has been out for a while. You know, there's like there's a monster involved, some type of you think it might be a spaceship. Um, It's really, really cool and different and impressive. Yeah. And so they want to explore that, like what else could be out there. Right. And I want to know, too. So I think it's the perfect universe. And maybe it's with that same group. 
um, you know, of those cool horse trainers outside of LA? Maybe not. I don't care. I just I want hope more. They're in it. I liked them. I liked them a lot too. Yeah. Um, the brother sister were, were both really great. So yeah, I want more. Nope. Can't wait to see what he does next. Yeah. Really anything he does next will be news and we'll watch it, but like, good. Give me a Nope sequel. Yeah. I'm in. I care. I care. All right, dude. Um, how about this? So you know Ryan Johnson has yeah. been making these Knives Out movies. Yes. He just announced that his next movie will be another Knives Out movie for Netflix. It's great news. <laughs> it's great news. Um, but one thing that really bugged him about the the sequel, yeah. um, Glass Onion, was that, he, and he agreed with this, he said he did it willingly, but they had to put Glass Onion colon a Knives Out mystery because they wanted to capitalize on the, the popularity. But he thinks at this point that Benoit Blanc mm-hmm. is now has enough ra- name recognition to change all of them to be a Benoit Blanc mystery. I hope they go back and change the old ones. Then. I think they will. I, I would like that. Knives uh, Out, colon. This is also a Nordy winner. This is a previous year Nordy. Oh, oh yeah, for comedy. Yeah. Yes. So, so look at that. We hit the first two stories. God, we're good. We are good. We have our finger on the pulse, as they would say. <laughs> of our own so, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so... I I loved Knives Out and I love Benoit Blanc. You know that I've talked so many times about my love for Sherlock Holmes and I am getting uh, some of that thirst quenched by Benoit Blanc. So I agree. The closest parallel we can get to is uh, Sherlock with Benoit Blanc. Yes. And um, I think Sherlock was also gay. Wasn't he? I mean, he, he lived I, yeah. with Watson. He, he for sure was. Uh, 100%. I, I guess. I guess I like the kind of like neurotic gay, um, <laughs> like detective. I don't know. It's yeah. just, it's, it's just a, a it trope just that works. works. <laughs> it just works for me. That's you know why it could started early with uh, <laughs> what's the movie with the? It was a firefight. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> the boondock scene. Yeah, that's where it all yes, started for you. So, yes, but anyways, dude, I like it. And I got to say, like, out of all the Sherlock stuff, I mean, I like the Sherlock movies. I think I like these movies better. I think so, so too. I want more and more and more uh, gay detectives. I just love that you couldn't think of it and you went with it was a firefight. And, and you I knew was right like, <laughs> yes, what, what a scene. I didn't want to say the line uh, that he says in bed with that dude. So, yes. uh, yeah, we can't say that. Okay, um, I'm up next. I'm going to go with this. Jeremy Renner got hit by a snowplow. We've talked about that a little bit. Yeah, he claims have, yeah. to be on the mend, um, but he did break over 30 bones. So this was a traumatic, life-threatening injury. Yeah, yeah, this was messed up. And he was, like, helping a car. He, yeah. like, got off his ATV or something to try to help a car, and the snowplow came through. Uh, like, really, really scary. And I just, I, I'm glad that he's going to make it. That's the number one thing, and he's yeah. going to be okay. But... Um, isn't it crazy how often this dude gets hurt? Yeah. So do you remember when they were making that tag movie? Yes. Did you know, did you know that like the second day of filming, he broke both of his arms in a stunt? Yeah, I remember that. I and then until he, now, but yeah. they put cat double casks casts on him, green casts, so that they could CG arms on his body. Oh, and they made gosh. the whole movie with him in casts with fake arms. Oh, that's horrible. So I <laughs> just this dude can't catch a break. Uh I do wish him the best, but yeah, he's 30 bones, but he's going to make That's it. That's terrible. That's a lot. That's a lot. All right, dude. Um, here's one I know that you're going to care about. You're going to be super excited about. Okay. So do you remember that when Disney made the Tron movies? Uh-huh. Um, they didn't do great, but no. they're pressing forward, and your favorite actor is going to be heading these up. Okay. Jared Leto will star in <laughs> Tron 3. 
All right, so we're going to actually watch a Jared Leto movie for our three watch tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, he's in it. I won't say it. I wouldn't call it his movie, luckily. Yeah, he's in it. Uh, Jared Leto, I think, firmly holds the place for my least favorite actor. Okay. Um, I actually think there may have never been an actor who overacts more than he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, It's like a movie broke out during his acting performance at all times, <laughs> and I just can't deal with it. He's so obnoxious and so pretentious. Um I don't know how anyone could attach themselves to him at this point. I know. I agree. Like, what's the what's the guy who um, was in um, Far From Home? Far From Home. Uh, yeah. Uh, Andrew Garfield. No, no, no. Oh. Far From Home. He was like, Ew. he was like the guy with the myster- Mysterio. We're missing. Mysterion. Oh, Gyllenhaal. Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal. Okay. So to me, Gyllenhaal and Leto are fighting for the same roles. Um, and I would go with Gyllenhaal every single time. <laughs> okay. Like they're kind of like the same, but like Gyllenhaal seems like he could be fun to be a around. A little bit more of a grounded performance you get yes. from him as well. Yes, yeah. and then and then Leto is just gonna like beat the performance to death. He does that. Um, yeah, I mean, I I can't think of anything he's done that I've liked in the last like fifteen years. So that's not good. Do you remember when he absolutely just massacred the Joker as a character? Like, and then he they just, like. It, that was one of the that was like the first chink in the armor of the entire DCEU collapsing, <laughs> which now in Black Adam did finish the job. But I, the worst thing is, is that they they kept him hidden for like two <laughs> yeah, years. Like we all cared. Leading so much. up to the movie, like you won't even hear his voice. We, we like heard him laugh one time, yeah. and then we got him after two years, and he was like the worst character I've ever seen. Like, he was so <laughs> He's stupid. like a sleazy nightclub owner with face tats. Uh, like it was really bad. It was just like so nobody bad. was scared of that guy. So Tron, I won't. I wouldn't watch it. Um, at this point, I can't believe they're making it. But I, I guess they are, and we'll just see. We'll just have to see. I mean, things I would watch if Jared Leto was on them, probably like the challenge. Yeah, the challenge for sure. I was going to say that actually. Oh, really? Yeah, I was going to okay. say the challenge. Um. I was gonna say Game of Thrones, dude. You'd be so mad if they I cast would. Jared Leto pissed, in Game but, of Thrones, but I would still watch it. Yeah, and, that would be rough. Um, uh, nothing would take me out of Game of Thrones like seeing Jared Leto <laughs> pop up with long blonde hair. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and he'd be so into the role. He would. He would be like he only ate the food of medieval times <laughs> yeah. leading up to it. <laughs> All right. Um, how about this? This is one you're gonna be excited about. Okay. Uh, Invincible season two is coming out. I do care. I do care about this. Uh, I really, really liked season one. Um, didn't think I was gonna. And there was definitely, like, if you watch it, there's definitely very cheesy, like, kind of poorly voice acted stuff in it. Um, you know, with him trying to be like a teen and having dating. But the actual, like, plot line of the superhero stuff is top notch. And it's very different than what you've seen with, you know,. I guess it's a little Homelander in that, like, the main, biggest, most powerful superhero is hella suspect, right? Okay. So like that. It, it's honestly great. And it's been, it's going to be almost three years before the season comes. And it's going to be t- late 2023. So, dude, I am excited. Is this, this but is it's Seth just Rogen, insane. right? Seth Rogen is in it. Uh, small part. Okay. Small part. But, but J.K. Simmons is in it as, like, the main guy. But Seth Rogen has, like, something to do with, like, produ- executive oh, yes. producing this. It's his show. You're right. Yeah, it's his show. It's his show. And so with the Kiva gold whatever. And and that's the same with The Boys. Seth Rogen is, like, one of the producers of that. Is he? I think so. On that one? Okay, well, I don't know about same, that one. I know he's the same Preacher. Universe? No. No, oh. no, no, no. Oh. This is different. Man, I maybe I made that up. Yeah, you you maybe did. But they're both on Amazon, so I can see where you're coming <laughs> from. But no, dude, I'm excited. I, I, I think everybody should go watch season one. Uh, just get through like the cheesy, like, does he have a girlfriend, doesn't he stuff, and just wait for the stuff with his dad. 
it's unbelievable. Okay. Um, I don't know. It said that Seth Rogen has made cameos as himself twice before in The Boys. Do you remember what? that? What? When was he in The Boys? I would for sure remember that. <laughs> what news? What's your, what's your source? <laughs> this is from World Star? Men's Health. Oh, Jesus. All right. Yeah, I don't know. I think he was in it like in the background or something. Okay. So I think he has something to do with it, but I'm not sure. He probably exactly does. He pro- I know he works with, with Amazon. So. All right. So how about this? The Last of Us, the series premiere of the last oh. of us um was the second highest grossing second highest watched yes premiere ever on insane HBO, insane which is crazy more than game of thrones more than anything else so dude everybody's on it and i'm glad and we're gonna talk about it i can't wait yeah we will i got one more though okay i got one more do we care so this is a show that did you finish season two of only murders in the building yeah i did i did too and it was it was okay. <laughs> it was okay. Uh, they're bringing in heavy hitters for season three. We got Meryl Streep. Like that a lot. I like that a lot. I like it more than I liked um, Amy Schumer. Amy Schumer was thank God only in just a fraction of it. She was. Remember like, when I was like, "You, dude, you know Amy Schumer is going to end up being the murderer, right?" And uh, then we never heard from her again. We're like, "Well, that's for the best." I think they had her on set, and it was so bad they were like, "Just go home." <laughs> got it. Got it. We'll rewrite. Um. I do like it. Do you remember when uh, Big Little Lies season two came out yeah. and Meryl Streep was the mother-in-law yeah. and she was just a fucking powerhouse? Yep. That's what I want to see here. I want to see her like up the stakes because it does feel so silly sometimes. And I'm sure season three is going to be more silly because they're going to have another murder. I mean, nearby that they're so all wrapped up in to solve. It, they have to just go campy at this point. Yeah, I think that this is going to be a lot of fun. I'm pumped about this and I'm also excited that we saw that Paul Rudd will also be in this. Yes. And so I think like the combo of them joining the cast is about as good as you could hope for on a TV show. It, that's huge. Meryl Streep and Paul Rudd. I mean, is just like legendary on. people to get. So, um yeah, I'm I'm really excited about it. Uh this show, I don't know if it's good to be honest with you, but I, that doesn't mean that I don't enjoy it a lot. Right. Yeah. Like I find myself like very much into it while I'm watching it and then being kind of like that episode sucked, but I I, mean, it's pretty good comedic writing and and comedic performances. Sometimes the plot is kind of stupid. Yeah. And they, they gotta have twists and turns every episode. So sometimes they twist into dumbass fucking shit. But like the turn, like the, the like chases and the clues and stuff, like all that stuff works well for me. So, (laughs) I like all of that. All right, guys, it's time for us to move on to Hot Rex and Not Rex. And the only place we could possibly start is with the current title belt holder for the best show on television. And that is The Last of Us. We're two episodes in, and this feels like must-watch, like water-cooler talk TV. Yeah. I mean, and then we get the numbers that not only did we watch and enjoy it, everybody else did too, Everyone which is did. great news. Um, it just is so beautiful. The, the Like... The CG budget went to, like, these big cityscapes of, like, you know, toppled skyscrapers and all those shots I'm just captivated by. I'm, like, obsessed at looking at the whole city, but I'm also really into, um, like, just these small things. Like, they went into that bank or whatever, the hotel, and it was all flooded. Like, that was incredible. And then the, like, I don't know what they're called, the clickers? The clickers are the ones that their faces split open and they just use echolocation. I mean, they're very scary in the game. They're scary. They looked amazing. Yeah. Like, I couldn't even believe how cool they looked. So, yeah, Bella Ramsey said while filming, she was like, 
all my scenes are just me being legitimately scared out of my mind. So if I'm, it's not even acting at that point because it, it's, you know, these weren't, these were prosthetics and stuff. Like a lot of it isn't CG. It's just practical effects. Yeah. So they said that the people who took the jobs as the clickers were actors who were big fans of the video. Ah, interesting. So they tried to find people who could move around and like, were like very aware of what the game looked like because they wanted people who could like mimic the movements of them. And so I think the people who did play the game felt like they they felt pretty authentic. Dude, so I played the game. I played both games, okay? Last of Us okay. 1 and 2. And here's what I love. I know the universe. It feels familiar. The characters are perfect. But I don't really remember the plot. It was okay. just too long yeah. ago. Yeah. Like, whereas, I guess if you had just played the game, there's not a lot of deviation. You know, like... Even coming down to, you know, what happened at the end of of episode two with that character death, that was just, I I watched, you know, I'm watching all these, I'm so into the show. So I'm watching these YouTube videos of like side by side stuff. It was like so damn close. There's line for line stuff in here. The the kiss at the end of the episode. Yeah, right. Was a shocking scene. I mean, I have no idea what's going to happen in any of this. I'm like, well, I'm pretty sure it's going to end up with two of them. Right. I can figure that out. So, but it's just like. I didn't know how they got to that place. I didn't really know anything about these creatures. Mm-hmm. Now, I think that the show is, I, I don't really find it scary. I think some people probably do. Right. But I think what I find scary isn't the clickers or zombies or whatever. It's like how compellingly realistic they make the fungus taking over thing seem. Yeah. So like the best part to me of the whole series through two episodes, the best scene was the scene to start episode two. The scene, it was in... um, Jakarta. Jakarta. And they were speaking all in... I don't know. I don't know. I guess I don't know the language. Well, we don't know. But whatever language... Indonesian? Yeah, whatever language they were speaking there, um, they were giving this whole thing where they brought in this professor of... Mycology. Yeah. And she comes in. She sees this body. She sees... You know, like inside under the skin, she pulls these things out of the mouth. It's moving. And then they ask her what to do. She's obviously shaken up. She says, bomb the city. Yeah. With everyone. With me and everybody in it. And then she's like, I just want to go home and be with my family. I was like. There's like like nothing she can do. She's like, no, but you don't understand. Yeah. There is no medicine. There is no treatment. There is no vaccine. We need to bomb this entire fucking city now. I I was blown away by that. So good. It was so good. It felt so scary and so real. And I thought like the acting was incredible at that point. From a bunch of like no name actors we hadn't seen. You yeah. know why they're good at shit like that? Because it's the ch- people that made Chernobyl. Yeah. And the people that made Chernobyl took a bunch of like some no name Russian actors yeah. and got incredible authentic performances out of them. And it makes me think that this is like like what we went through with COVID makes this scarier. Yeah. And this, it does. the first game came out before COVID. Yeah. So nice call on that. Um, but it just feels like, wow, this feels more possible than any other zombie movie I've ever seen. I just keep thinking like, oh my gosh, this could happen. Yeah, right. And like, I think that that is just incredible that they have, have me feeling that way. So yeah. I, I've really enjoyed the show so what do, far. What do you think of Pedro? Oh, I think he's... I think he's the best television actor in the world. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's the best TV. I'm not saying he's the best person ever on TV. Some people do these limited series or they come on for one season of something. He is now proven like TV is kind of his first stop. Oh, yeah. He's done that with what? Narcos, Game of Thrones, um, Mandalorian, 
and now this. I'm sure I'm missing something too. Yeah. Everything he touches is a good show. <laughs> yeah. I think he's the number one call uh, for television at this point, and I think he is mesmerizing uh, in this role. I would say that my biggest complaint is the same thing as last week. I think Bella Ramsey is just okay so far. She was better in the second episode, don't you think? I did think like, she was... And she's genuinely pretty funny. Like, she's got good timing, I think. I did think she was better in this episode. I think that she's the weak point of the ep- of, of everything so it's far. It's tough, though. man. Getting a teen actor, a child is. actor is always hit or miss. Um, there's just not that many Haley Joel Osmonds out there. And they, <laughs> <laughs> I do think yeah. it's tough. I, I'm not saying she's bad, but I think like the acting and everything is so good that it almost feels like she just can't quite keep up. Yeah. And so I, I just think like I'm hoping that that chemistry grows more between Let's the two hope of that them. They filmed in chronological order, right? So yeah. like she gets better and better. Yes. Um, I think she will. I think I, and I honestly don't hate it as much as you do, but I agree. I just think like so far we're at like the next big thing oh dude that's how it feels it feels oh, like it's it feels, the next big thing doesn't it feel good dude we got severance we got andor and now we got this new shows and we got hot d i mean new shows are better than than sequel like subsequent seasons now like give me some how exciting is that i think like having a new show that feels like for the next few years it's going to be can't miss everyone's watching it everyone's talking about it tv mm-hmm is like such a treat. Like it's just the best reward to get that. Yeah. And, and it's, it, it feels like it's not going to be like a short series. Like we're going to probably get three to five seasons. Would I would be hope, my best I guess. I would hope, yeah. Which is, a, a five is a long series now. Yeah. It used to be like, oh, we ran for 15 seasons. Uh-huh. Well, that shit probably all sucked. They were like, Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. Um, we remember, do you remember last year when there was a bomb in the building and there was also an orgy <laughs> and a guy had his legs ripped off and they had to save his life all in the same episode. Well, this year a guy got his legs ripped off. There's an orgy. There's a bomb in the building, but someone's crazy ex is also in the building with a gun. (laughs) That's exactly the writers are like, like, Jesus Christ, we've jumped the shark 17 (laughs) times. That show was too crazy. That's how all of them were. Every show turned into that. They just, you can't write 15 seasons of of good content. And so I do hope we get a few seasons of this and i at this point like it's not even like in hbo i trust it's like more it's like smaller scale than that it's in pedro pascal i i like trust at this point he isn't missing anymore everything he's touching on tv is gold and we got mando coming in march so this show is gonna wrap up right in time for us to watch him in mando it's gonna be incredible timing Uh, he's unbelievable so yeah we're thank god that last of us is good um, you know, I think we predicted it as definitely one of our top and most exciting shows of the year, and it's already delivering. So oh, yeah, we're, it's we're been, it's we've been, been blessed. Okay, what's up? Next up, we both watched the menu. The menu, Anya Taylor Joy. We got uh, Ray Fines. Ray Fines was oh, fantastic. He's 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 so good. He's so good. Except my only problem is is like you don't see Voldemort. Do you? I I see Voldemort <laughs> in everything he does in like a good way. Yeah, but like I think I made the comment. The other day, I don't know if it was on our podcast or is this someone else. I think I said that Voldemort was my favorite villain in a TV or in a movie mm-hmm. ever. Like I thought he was just so flawless. And this almost felt like, oh my goodness, when Voldemort was gone, he was just running this restaurant. Yeah. Like it's kind of what <laughs> yeah. I felt like watching it. So this movie is, uh, we, we won't spoil all the crazy twists and turns, but I think you could guess this by watching. Um, people go to this island to go to get the most expensive meal. 
in the world. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. And it's like a tasting it's menu. Like a, you know, a, a play up of like the cult of, you know, foodies, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like people who are like insane foodies, but also they are in this place where maybe their life is in danger. And right. you don't really know why. Um, this felt like uh, a Jordan Peele movie, kind of like we were talking about earlier. Yep, yep. Uh, um, where it was like taking something that's in society and then like making fun of it, but making it scary at the same time. I wish I'd thought of that because you're right. You're totally right. I loved this. Anya Taylor-Joy is great. Mm-hmm. I, I'm liking her more and more in everything I see her in. Ray Fiennes is so captivating. I mean, he just dominates every scene he's in. Yeah. It's like he speaks and everyone in the restaurant listened, but so did I. He's sort of the audience, yep. He, he just is incredibly captivating. Um, I thought this movie was super creative. I think I laughed as much as I was, like, jump scared or anything, you know? Was like, there neck stuff? A little. Okay. A little bit. Yeah. But I mean, I just figured, like... I watched the movie, but I watched it a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I know there's like a lot of knives in the kitchen. I'm sure you're a little nervous about the knives. Yeah, I don't like that. But I just, <laughs> I overall, I mean, I thought this was, I, I really liked it. I thought it was is it on, very fresh. Is it on Hulu? It's on HBO. HBO. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I really liked it. I probably would give it like a 90, which is, I think, really strong for just kind of a random movie came out of nowhere. I think I'm going to give it a 91, Ooh, like in the yeah. same range. I really did like this. I thought it was awesome. Um, I thought it was a, such a creative movie and... I don't know. It just didn't remind me of anything else I've seen, really. Maybe Jordan Peele movies, right. I guess. Which is literally the best parallel. A huge compliment. Yeah. And it, maybe it's not on that same level, but dude, no. totally worth watching. But like you could see where they were like taking their inspiration. And it, it was like I watched an interview um, where people were interviewing Key and Peele. Okay. And they were asking about like how do they make things that are funny? And like how do they make things that are scary? And Jordan Peele was like, you have to start with the craziest idea ever. You start with that, but you turn it down to one. Okay. And then you go to two, and then you go to five, and then you go to 10, and then you go to 500. Oh, and shit. And he was saying, like, it works the same way in comedy and in horror. And so I was like, man, like, that's so interesting. Mm-hmm. So you can see him, like, reverse engineer his Key and Peele skits and his horror movies, where he's kind of like, um... All right, so these white people take these black people and then they take their bodies and like replace, you know. Yeah, wild, <laughs> wild idea, right? Craziest like these idea. Crazy ideas. And like you could just imagine that that's where he went and he had his ideas of like how that was like a, like a metaphor for society. And then he turned it all the way down and then slowly ramped it up until it turned into crazy. And so I thought like that was just so interesting to like try to watch what he does with those lens through that lens. Mm-hmm. And so you can imagine someone did the same thing with this. They were like, it's a it's the meal of your life, but it could be the last meal of your life. You right. know? And it's just like it's just a stupid idea that if if almost anyone did it, it wouldn't have worked. But, but it you got to commit 100 percent. But it worked so well here because they did. Yeah. yeah. The menu's a wreck, dude. It's a great huge movie. hot wreck. All right. So what about this? In honor of uh, Ryan, yes, you watched a few episodes of HBO's The Climb. The Climb. Wow. First, for, I mean, dude, it's a it's rock climbing. <sighs> uh, somebody's gonna have to pick up this fucking torch. So I think it's gonna be me because I was always the most sympathetic. You were, and I was the most interested. And I watched the docs, and they were always very good. So this is a a climbing competition. Okay, it's Hold a reality up. Has show. Has Ryan so- rock climbed before? 
I went rock, dude. The day that Rudy Gobert touched all those mics and everything got canceled, <laughs> I rock climbed with Ryan. <laughs> so yes, he's he rock climbs. I don't know if he goes out into like you know okay. the badass. Okay, uh, he doesn't free climb. Okay, okay. but um, maybe he boulders. I don't know. All right. So anyways, um, yeah, dude. So this show has a very short. You know, it seems like it's gonna be uh, all about who's that? Who's the guy that played Aquaman? Um, Jason Momoa. Yeah, you think it's like gonna be hosted by Jason Momoa? Very much not. He's like in an opening scene, and then he like hands it off to his buddy, who nobody knows who he is, and he hosts it. Okay. What? I thought he was like part of <laughs> every episode. So not in it. Okay. I watched two episodes, and I saw him for the first three minutes okay. of the, the first episode. Okay. Doesn't really matter. He's not even there. He's not gonna add that much to it. Um, it's a, it's you know, ten climbers. They got to do these routes. Whoever gets the highest get you know does get surprised, and then whoever gets the lowest gets kicked off. The only problem is I've never seen a group that's less competitive than rock climbers. Yeah, they yeah. all would rather have the other people do yeah. better than They're just them. cheering for the other. They're people. like, you know, I'm just here to like really get catch some vibes and see if I can really push myself. But I don't. It's like nobody really wants to win. So that could be a flaw. But I do enjoy rock climbing, and I do like seeing. You know, the the process of them and how they watch the other competitors and learn the routes. And it's been pretty good. It's, you know, it's two episodes of like B minus TV so far. And I'm going to give it a third. I might give it a fourth. All right. I like that for you. I don't know. I like it. I like it. I like rock climbing. I, you know, imagine myself as like this cool rock climber guy. I'm not. We gave Ryan a hard time on the sports cast, and hopefully, we're giving him the content he needs. Yes. as a new listener. I mean, maybe yeah, as a new listener. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> on this He's like, one. well, maybe I'll check it out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's move on now to our three watch. Oh, this babe. week. So we are in the middle of a contest where we have pitted some of the best directors against each other. Yes, we have the Coen brothers. We have uh, Denis Villeneuve. Yeah, and we have David David Fincher. Fincher. Yeah, wow, so heavy, heavy, heavy hitters. And we are on to round four. And do we have an update on our current scores? I would love to four? give you an update, okay. Eric. And I'm glad you threw it to me because I'm prepared for this. Okay. <laughs> so the Coens. Okay, let's start from the bottom. Denis yeah. has 15. Okay. With some of his stronger films yet to come. Yeah. Um, we have Fincher leading it with 20. David Fincher okay. has 20 points, and the Coens have 19. So right on the edge there. And in this last round, we hit the social network. No Country for Old Men last week. This week is Blade Runner 2049 from Denis. So I actually have Ryan is going to participate from text messages only. Okay. He is going to watch the movies with us. And then he's going to text me uh, his his Rotten Tomato score for each and then his ranking. And he's done that. So we can okay. go ahead and complete this round. We'll add up the tally and then we'll see what round five, uh, what the stakes are because they're going to be high. All right, so Blade Runner 2049, it starts in this dystopian future. Um, I think it's a beautiful movie, first and foremost. Dude, I mean, like one of these Denis movies are crazy one of the beautiful. best looking movies I've ever seen. In yeah, the, ever. I mean, it looks so incredible. Um, but anyways, it starts out with um, uh, Gosling, Ryan K. Gosling, K, Agent K or whatever. Feels a little men in black. It does. But I'm into it, it does. He goes off to this random farm where he meets up with Dave Bautista. Okay. Right. And I love Bautista. Oh, God, I love him. He's so great. He had a clip. Can I just share Yeah, please clip? do. He was doing an interview talking about his tattoos, and he's like, you know, this here on my arm, this is actually a cover-up because I was, you know, really good friends with Manny Pacquiao, and we got matching tattoos, 
And, you know, when he came out and said all those anti-gay things and, you know, my mother's a lesbian. I, I just, I'm, I hated that I had to do it, but I had to cover it up. And I'm like, and he said, oh. we're not friends anymore. But yeah. He's like, we're not friends. I were totally estranged. I loved it. And I'm like, Batista, you fucking sweetheart. He's I love you. He's the best. He's the best. And this scene, this very short scene that Batista did is better than anything any other professional wrestler has ever done as far as acting. Yes. I mean, it's yes. it's as far as dramatic acting. I know that like, you know, John Cena has been very very mm-hmm. funny and things and he's great in Peacemaker and all those, but the weight that he carries as like this simple farmer who is clearly, you know, a replicant which needs to be killed. Um Can you tell me why they need to be killed? I didn't watch the first movie. So they they're supposed to have this like um 4-year time li- like lifespan to prevent them sort of from like going and trying to mix into society, they'll just die. Okay. Um and some of them found like a hack to get around it okay. and they disappeared. So they're just not allowed to be out there. They're supposed to be retired. Um and so that's what, you know, they have these these Blade Runner characters to do. Deckard, Harrison Ford in the first one. Uh, in this one, we got Gosling as K. So he goes there, fights him, finds all this weird stuff. You find out like wood is an incredibly rare resource. There's like a dead tree out front that's like kind of eerie looking. Mm-hmm. Um, he's there and he kind of like, you know, you, you almost feel for Batista's character. Oh, he's yeah. like, he's kind of like, no, I'm just like farming out here and like trying to get by. He knows that he is a replicant. He fights him to the death. And pretty much he gets this line about like, you have never witnessed like something as beautiful as this miracle. Yeah. And you just, you're trying to kill me because you've never witnessed a yeah, miracle. Yeah. So and, now uh, it gets replicant K who's always just been following orders. Something breaks inside of his programming. Yeah. And he just starts to investigate. He starts investigating. He goes there multiple different times. He finds like a baby's booty. Is that what they call it? What's called? a booty? Isn't that what they're called? Like a little, uh, a little sock? Uh, they're oh, called? okay, yeah, yeah, you sure. know what I mean, yeah, like a booty, aren't they? Yeah, 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 booty, yeah, 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 <laughs> <laughs> with an IE, <laughs> yeah, there we go, yeah. we're talking on the same page now. <laughs> it's like, what kind of movie is this? <laughs> Fucking Hollywood he elite. Goes, he goes to this tree and he finds, um, like, like a box of bones under uh, it, yeah, right? a box that they find that has remains under it, and then he also finds like this date. Um, that's on like the bottom of the tree, like carved into the tree. Right. And so this gets him thinking. And, and that date, by the way, was actually only like a few days ago. I know. That and was the crazy. date was like on the, the 19th or something of January was, 2023. So that was amazing. Anyways. So yeah, he finds this date and then it like brings back this memory of this um, like childhood memory he had when he was like in an orphanage. Yeah. Like a dirty ass shitty orphanage. And he had one prized possession, this yeah. this carved horse. A carved horse, and it had that same date on the head. Yep. And so he's, like, freaking out about this. One underrated part about this movie, I thought, was his romantic relationship. With Joy. J-O-I? I, I liked everything about I it. I didn't know that Ana de Armas had such a big role in it. Like, I remember her... I've only seen this movie one time before yeah, this, which is Yeah, in theaters. We saw it in theaters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, I just remember her being, like sexy and digital and kind of like a distraction but i they have a whole relationship yeah she's like really like builds him as like more of a sympathetic like caring human character right and she also like adds a lot of context where he's kind of just like roboting around and she is there to like have these conversations or like kind of like he can bounce ideas off you need either that or he just talks to himself because it's it's a movie with one guy a lot so like as a writer, you need something for him to, you know, talk to. I loved it. I like 
actually liked their relationship. I was like really believing in all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing I've, I thought was difficult about this movie was that it was like so insanely beautiful mm-hmm. and there were so many cool and interesting people in it. But like I didn't understand a lot of the story. And, like, I found myself feeling confused. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a bad place to be. It wasn't, like, confused because I hadn't gotten the answers yet. It was confused because I didn't watch, like, this old-timey movie. (laughs) Oh, come on. And, like, I just... it's a Ridley Scott classic. If you've never seen Blade Runner, you probably should. I haven't. And, like, I I found myself being really confused. I didn't really understand about... um, Like, what Replicant's even purpose was. Yeah, I I didn't know that. And I didn't know... I think their thing was, like... I didn't really understand. I knew I knew Jared Leto's weird like character was supposedly like a businessman who was like building this like these the new replicants. Yeah, yeah, new replicants that was like a slave army to do work pretty much. Right. But like why was he like a religious figure? Yeah. Didn't work for me at all. Jared Leto's stuff didn't work. They tried to jam too much in it, in my opinion. They did. He, it's like too long. And then they did so many storylines or kind of like side characters that... Was he blind? But he could see no, when, when he, he had that had thing? he just had like enhanced eyes that he could like, you know, scan stuff with. And he had those like little drones oh. rolling. But like they didn't give a lot of exposition in this movie. I didn't they understand what he things, was doing. Which is good usually, but... Yeah, I get that. His company was so mysterious that they like mentioned a few times what they did, but I didn't ever feel their presence. Yeah. I could like I could feel their presence, I guess, like if they showed up somewhere or like the, with the technology they had that allowed them to follow people around or like the connections they had, but like I just didn't really understand their purpose all that much. And so I found that to be like kind of frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um and then like their thing is is like he's going on all these missions. And I was having a hard time, like, piecing together what made him go places. Yeah. He would just pop up. I mean, talk about jetpacking. Like, he are these did. different worlds or what? Because he would know. just pop there. I couldn't tell if it was the same planet. They were different right. planets. Yeah. And then he would, like, he would show up at the dream person's thing. And I was like, okay, yeah. he's having this dream. He wants to know if it's real. So that was important for the plot. So I'll just give you, a, a like, a little bit of background. So this girl worked for um, the Wallace Corp, right? Which is... You know, Jared Leto's big company that's making these replicants. And her job was to, you know, write false memories for these replicants. So when they're created, they have some type of backstory. They can act more human. Um, They have these memories, but they know they're fake. And and so does everybody else. But, you know, what she did in the end, right, is she put her own real memories into just a few, probably more than one replicant. Mm -hmm. And it just so happened that Kay had that memory and he was the one that connected her. She wanted to reconnect with her father. And yeah. that's like, it was her long-term plan to put this memory into, into some replica. Pretty cool. So I really liked the scene where he went to the world where um, Harrison Ford was. I think that was just Vegas. That was just Vegas. Was he, okay. So he went to Vegas and yeah. it was all red. Wasteland. And which was, yeah. some of these shots, dude, with the orange. I mean, like, you can see why they saw that. And it's like, he is the guy for Dune. Yes. It was so cool. It looked so amazing. Like, I was really impressed with all of those scenes. And then um, I liked the whole introduction to, uh, is it Deckard? That's what you said? Deckard, yeah. Yeah, so Harrison Ford. When he tries to shoot him, and then they end up in that weird room with, like, the hologram the Elvis, performances. Per, yeah. That was incredible. That really looked cool. so cool. It was, like, such an eerie, cool scene where it was, like, cutting in and out, and they were fighting each other. I, I loved all of that. Yeah. Now, you get this weird scene where, like, they're, he's been followed there. Right. And then somehow the place gets shot up, 
and then they get taken by different people well they only were there for deckard so then which some... was surprising i guess yeah so they came for deckard took him and then they sort of left k behind and then a different group grabbed him that we didn't know much about them other than they were like revolutionaries yeah so like you know the the, the big driver of this plot was that a replicant has given birth and that should not be possible yeah so that's the miracle that was referenced and we knew that it was deckard and rachel's kid and uh-huh. dude this would help to watch the first one um she is 100 percent a replicant we okay. know that for sure uh we never found out in the first movie or in this one if deckard as a blade runner back in the day was a replicant or a human okay um and they didn't answer that in this movie either and it doesn't really matter because either the the kid, whichever kid is either a hybrid replicant human or just two replicants had a kid, either one should be impossible. Um, and, you know, the whole movie, we're starting to think, all right, dude, it's Kay. Mm-hmm. He's got the memory. Yeah. It's him. Uh, we find out in the third act that it's not him. It's a girl. And then that's when we find out it's that that memory maker lady. He kind of puts it all together. And I thought that was kind of a cool way where she, you kind yeah. of, she was like... The best art is when you put some of your own truth in it or your own yeah. life in it or whatever. And I was like, oh, that was a good, that was a cool scene. Yep. Then he, they're like, the greatest causes are the ones that we would die for or would live on, live beyond our own lives and stuff. And then suddenly he's in a car chasing after, after Deckard and like the cyborg girl. Yeah. I guess I, I don't like, know how what? he found them. How did he find them? That was bizarre. They were like yeah. a really big company and they yeah. had like backup with them. He shoots him out of the sky. That part, I, I I found myself like being distracted for the first part of that, being like, how did we get to this part? Yeah. And then the scene with the water coming into the ship. It was fucking And sick, their dude. big fight was... I mean, what a climax. Awesome. Like, there's really nothing else you could hope for. Um, that whole scene was incredible. finally defeats that like badass like right-hand woman of Wallace, right? Oh, like, I, super cool. I loved that scene. He saves Deckard. He gets her him to her doctor his daughter exactly and then i think you're assuming that he dies he, yeah i mean he dies on the steps yeah he dies on the steps he dies on the steps knowing that he was just a replicant uh-huh. he was not that special but he did something special so i like that it, you know this movie it was like not very ambiguous some of the plot was hard to follow yes. but like the main strokes like they didn't leave much open for interpretation yeah. at the end which is very different than the first one where like dude you don't even know if the main character is a human or a robot I just know that when I watched this in theaters, I liked it a lot more. Mm-hmm. Because and it I, was just a spectacle. It's I, probably how I, I feel when I'm going to watch Avatar 2 at home someday. Yeah. And like I just found myself watching it this time and being kind of like, hmm, the the story is kind of messy. Mm-hmm. And I liked it. It's, it's very fresh. It's going to get a pretty good score from me. It's going to get a good score from me as well. But I found myself thinking this movie is kind of sloppy. And I don't know if they'll make another one. Yeah. It's kind of what I thought to myself. Yeah. I kind of thought, I doubt they make another one. It's just like, I don't even know where they would go. I think they already would have. They were and I think to. the other problem with it is like, for an action movie, it had mostly talking. <laughs> it had <laughs> yeah. mostly like two people quietly talking about a complicated thing. And most thing. of them were AI. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, they were pretty, you know, unambiguous that K was a replicant. Yeah. Um, he and then a lot the, of his, his, he, No. And then his relationship was with the AI robot. A hologram. A hologram. And she got killed. And she, she Oh died. my gosh. I was actually bummed about I that. I know. That was actually pretty impressive. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, there's like, where's the stakes a little bit whenever you know everybody's yeah. uh, synthetic? But um, yeah, I just, I don't think that they will make another one. And maybe they don't need to, man. Like, I don't think they I think do. that as a two part 
mm-hmm. series. I think if you watch the first and the second, it's a pretty cool one-two punch. Yeah, I thought they nailed it pretty good. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna give it an eighty-seven. Well, interesting. I'm gonna give it an eighty-seven. I liked it, but I think I would have given it like a ninety-four the first time I watched it. So I think yeah. like not seeing in theaters, it was much worse. I liked the movie. I just think it was confusing and a little messy, but I did like it. I can't believe that I'm going to have the highest score here because our friend Ryan gave it an 85. Okay. okay. 85. And he like he watches this movie regularly, apparently. Okay. He likes okay. it. Um, I'm going to give it an 88. Okay. 88. So now it's time mm-hmm. to rank the last three movies and, and f- decide who wins this round. Okay? Okay. So my number three, it doesn't feel close. It's the social network. Same with me. Same with Ryan. I, so we're all... that. That's only going to get three points this round. I actually don't think I really liked it. Yeah, I, I don't think it held up as well as maybe we thought it might. I don't think I really liked it. Um, but you gave it a fresh. I gave it a fresh. I mean, I, I like the movie. Well done movie. We get it. But like, it just, these are masterful uh, people. But yeah, I don't know if matter. I've ever. I don't know if I've ever watched a movie that felt dated that was closer to the present than that one. <laughs> that one got like, outdated. It just, very it just quickly. yeah, quickly. I was kind of like, if they only knew. Yeah, that Mark Zucker would be replaced by an alien <laughs> robot hybrid, uh, a la Blade Runner that he is now. <laughs> Um, so then what? My so second then now place this is big, right? Would be Blade Runner. Oh wow! Okay. My second place would be Blade Runner. Um, I think I I had uh, the other one, uh, No Country for Old Men, slightly ahead of it. So Blade Runner would be my second place. Same with me. Okay. Same with. Um. So yeah, and same with Ryan. Okay. So we all agreed on this round that No Country for Old Men is going to get nine points. Yeah. Uh, Blade Runner is going to get six. Yeah. And Social Network 3. Mm-hmm. So that's opened up a lead going into the end for the Coen brothers. It actually has, yes. It's opened up a lead. I think it's like 28. So it'll be 28. Fincher will now have, oh, only 23. That really hurt him. Yeah. Uh, and then we got Denis coming in with, what, 21. Yeah. So it is close. Uh, the but, next three movies, well, I don't, I don't have in front of me. But. I don't think that Denis can win. Denis, Denis is eliminated oh, from winning. So the Denis. best he could do is 30. And the worst that Cohen's could do is 31. Oh, shit. So Denis is not winning this thing. Going into <laughs> Did the we really round. think Denis was going to win, though? No, but... We didn't know, it, He was less close than I thought. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah no kidding. And then I would say, I mean, Fincher's going to have to hit it out of the park, and I don't think that it feels likely. Okay. But we'll see. Well, let's not ruin the climax for everyone by, <laughs> <laughs> by using math, you okay, son of a okay, bitch. Okay, so I will say this, though. Um, having said all that... Yeah. I am really, really, really excited about Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, which is what we're going to be watching for our final Fincher movie. I think this is one of the most underrated movies I've ever seen. Yes. Uh, Like one of the movies that I think I like more than almost anyone on earth. So I'm really... You might be the biggest super fan, I know. ...pumped about this. I loved the book. I loved the, uh, what are they, Swedish versions of the movies. And this only getting one by David Fincher, not finishing the trilogy, was terrible. Uh, what's her name? Rooney Mara. Right. I can never decide if her name's Rooney Mara or Mara Rooney, but yeah, her name's Rooney Mara. Uh, Kate Mara's mm-hmm. sister, right? And like I always like to mention, the owner of the Giants and the owner of the Pittsburgh <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers are Is her grandparents. Nepo uh, Nepo Nepo babies, <laughs> hardcore. <laughs> yeah. Well, because I think the Rooneys are in the. Although movie. I, I will say that Kate Mara earned it by like 
doing topless scenes early. <laughs> like you wouldn't think she'd have to do that being she so didn't. rich, but she didn't. She, she earned it like all their actresses her, have, unfortunately. In the her past. grandparents are literally the owners of NFL teams, and not just any NFL teams, the Giants and the Steelers. And I believe the Roonies are are the owners of a production company that makes a lot of movies. That's why like the Dark Knight was in Pittsburgh. Oh. And stuff like that. So I think they own like a production company for making movies that does a lot of work out of that area. So um I'm really excited about this awesome score. Again, it's um uh Trent Reznor. Yes. Just with Kills an incredible this. score. Um amazing cast. Obviously you have Stellan Skarsgard in this one as well. Yeah. Um super excited about watching this one. Oh, and and uh, Daniel Craig. I mean Come I just on, don't know if it can get guy. much better than that. So. I can't wait. I'm actually, I've only seen this movie maybe twice. Yeah. So I'm, I'm super pumped to watch it. It's going to be exciting. So we're heading into round five, finally, on our three watch. Um, but that's it. That's all the time we have this episode of the Nordies Podcast. Go back, check out our sports cast. We went through the NFL playoffs, the Vikings, the Twins trades, possible Wild and Timberwolves trades, the Premier League, everything. It was a great episode. Uh, it was the two of us and my brother, Adam, who were on there. So go check that out. Otherwise, thank you guys for coming into the new era, the attitude era of the Nordies <laughs> podcast. So, so in, until next time, thanks for hanging out with your two best friends in the whole world. Yeah.